Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. So this morning's reading is from Exodus uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she couldn't hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slaves to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay for you. I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. This is a word of God. Thanks be to God. Hi, uh, my name is Shirley Stackhouse. I've been coming to St. George's for 13 years or so. <laughs> um, I'm married to Stephen, who just read the Bible for us, and I have a beautiful daughter named Hannah, who's sitting right next to him. Uh, it's been a, a privilege, it's a privilege to just be here uh, to, shore, to share, I would say, a short reflection um, uh, on God's Word. Um, and. This summer, as Joanna was saying, we've been thinking and looking at some amazing children in the Bible. We've looked at quite a few from the New Testament. I don't know if anybody who's been here remembered them all, but I think it's Jairus' daughter, Rhoda, the, I'm, I'm testing myself, the boy with the loaves and fish, and I'm gonna cheat, there's something, and Timothy. And I learned about Mary Joan, so thanks, Joanna, for that. Um, but today we're going to look at a child from the Old Testament, and that's um, Moses' sister. And, but, you know, Moses' sister, who was she? Um, I found this picture and I thought it was really cool. Um, and I, it, I don't know if you noticed in the Bible reading, but her name was not mentioned. It just said Moses' sister. So who was she? Well, commentators would say that that was Miriam. Now, Miriam's name doesn't show up until later in the book of Exodus. I think that's in uh, the book, it's chapter 15, verses 20 and 21, right after the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. She's one of the people that leads um, the Israelites in song and singing and praising God for that amazing miracle. But, you know, there are two genealogies in the Old Testament referring to Moses' family or the descendants of his father, Amran. Um, and both genealogies, one in Numbers chapter 26, verse 59, and one Chronicles 6, verse 3, lists Moses, Aaron, and Miriam as the sole you know, children of Amram. So I think we can be pretty sure that in this story, this is Miriam. I will be using both Miriam and Moses' sister just because 
I think I, at first I was preparing with just Moses' sister, and I thought, I'll put Miriam in there. Um, and um, so, yeah, so she was the, the older sister. Um, they believe that, you know, she was born, born first, and then Aaron, and then Moses. Different sources um, point to her age at between five and seven. There seems to be a consensus at seven, but there are some scholars that believe she might be a bit older. And um, for me, that hit home because my daughter is six. So I thought, wow, Mir Miriam would have been about Hannah's age. Um, so that, that was one of the reasons why I chose, I think, this story. Um, and in the Bible passage that was just read, we, we see that Moses' sister played a very interesting role in God's plan to, to save and protect ba uh, baby Moses' life. But before we go into, um, you know, what can we learn about this? Um, I have a video that I would like to share, if possible, that puts this story in a, in a that gives a little bit more context for those of you who are not familiar with the story. Uh, and as you watch it, pay attention and, and try to identify the three things or actions that Moses' sister took um, in, in this whole process of you know, saving baby Moses. And, and then we'll go over those after the video, if that's all right. Stories of the Bible. Baby Moses. This is Moses. Moses was a descendant of Joseph's brother, Levi. Joseph and his brothers had many children and grandchildren who lived happily in Egypt. Eventually, a new pharaoh came to power who knew nothing of Joseph or what he had done. This pharaoh feared the Israelites because there was a great number of them living in Egypt, so he wanted to put a stop to their prosperity. Pharaoh made the Israelites slaves. He made them work long, hard hours building up Egyptian cities. But his plan didn't work, and the Israelites grew more in number and in strength. So Pharaoh made a rule that no Israelite boy would be allowed to live in Egypt. This is where Moses' story begins. You see, when Moses was born, his mother saw that he was a special baby. And she kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer keep him a secret, she made a basket and put him in the Nile River among the reeds. Moses' sister stayed to watch what would happen to her baby brother. And soon the pharaoh's daughter came to the edge of the river. When she saw the basket, hey. she sent her servant to get it. When she saw the baby, she felt sorry for him, Aww. thinking he must be an Israelite baby who wasn't supposed to live. Then Moses' sister asked the princess if she would like her to find an Israelite woman to take care of the baby. Uh -huh. So Moses' sister went and got her mother. Moses' own mother took care of him until he was old enough to live in the Pharaoh's house, where the princess adopted him as her son. And so Moses, an Israelite boy who wasn't supposed to live, 
became the adopted grandson of the pharaoh and lived in the palace as God prepared him for a great destiny that was only just starting to unfold. This um, Saddleback Church, uh, the kids program, they put a lot of uh, really good cartoons uh, with Bible stories, and I think it really helps even in a, you know, when we do Bible studies with, uh, with the friends and in the past when international students are always used whenever possible because it really illustrates the story well. Um, but yeah, were you able to spot those, the three things that Moses' sister did? I don't expect answers because I think it will go a little bit longer than I expect. But there were three things that she did. I think, you know, once, uh, once uh, Moses' mom put the baby in the basket and place it in the Nile among the reeds. What did she do? Miriam stood at a distance to see what was going to happen to baby Moses. And then, as she was watching, she noticed that Pharaoh's daughter came to the Nile River. And what did she do? She approached Pharaoh's daughter and asked the question, who should I go and, you know, find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for you? And then what did she do? She actually went and got her, you know, got one, which happened to be her mother, of course, to come and um, uh, yeah, nurse baby Moses. Um, so those are three simple actions, right? And but what was the impact? What was the impact of those three actions? And I, when I was looking at that, I think for me, it, clearly there were three levels of impact. The first one is in the big picture, God's plan to uh, save baby Moses. I think, you know, she, she, in my view, I think, you know, God was gonna, it was in his plan to save baby Moses. Whether Miriam was going to be part of that or not, don't know. But I think she ended up having an interesting role in it, um, which, you know, takes, so it's just being part of God's story. But then at the second level, the impact was on her personal family. You know, because she, just, she didn't just observe to see what was going to happen to baby Moses, she was able to uh, reunite, you know, baby Moses with her own family, with her mother. Um, and, you know, the joy that she must have brought must have been incredible. But I think in her personal life, as a seven-year-old, I think just the joy of seeing her baby brother coming and being reunited to the family must have been you know, really incredible for her. So, um, yeah, from my observations, I see that the impact of her actions in those three different levels. Um, but then what can we learn from those three things? Um, the first one that I see, that I take it from the uh, verse four, when Miriam just stood at a distance to see what would happen to baby Moses. I think for me, the first thing that came to mind was, well, keep an eye on those that we care about. Um, well, we don't know why Miriam really stayed back when her mom probably left. You know, I think as a mother, it would be really hard to just leave a child somewhere and just go. Um, so it might be that her mother asked her to stay behind. The Bible doesn't tell us, right? But I would like to think that she stayed behind because she cared about her brother and wanted to see what was gonna happen to him. Um, and an interesting thing as well that comes to mind is that um, uh, Stephen brought it up to, to my attention as I was preparing this. Uh, he said, yeah, you know, Pharaoh told uh, 
um, uh, Pharaoh was just saying, if a baby boy is born, throw them in denial. And I said, no, that's not what he said. That he said, you know, no, he was telling the midwives just to kill them. And then I hadn't realized that there are two verses in the previous chapter when Pharaoh is saying, you know, if a baby born is, if a baby boy is born in the Hebrew community, da, da, da. The first one was to the midwives saying, just kill them. Those of us who know the story, the midwives didn't really do that because they fear God, right? But then later on, Pharaoh just goes to everyone, you know, Egyptians and everybody who lived in his land. If you find a baby boy that is born, just throw them in the Nile, um, which could take us to another study about why his own daughter didn't do that, but that's a different, I think we'll leave that for a different talk. But um, I think as, you know, as a child, as a seven-year-old child who probably heard that something bad would happen to every baby boy, boy being born, I think Miriam was probably thinking, what's gonna happen? Moses is, I mean, my baby brother is in denial now. So, you know, it's all the baby boys are supposed to be thrown into the Nile River. So what's gonna happen to him? Um, and, and watch just to see, you know, what was gonna happen to him. Um, so that's the first thing. For those people that we care about, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's coworkers, you know, if we know they're going through something difficult, how can we keep an eye on them? Um, but that leads us to the second lesson for me, that when the opportunity comes, you know, Miriam took the step of faith to offer help. So this comes from verse seven, when it says, then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm keeping an eye on someone, Sometimes it's difficult to go the next step. Okay, I see, they need help. But how do I help? How can I help? I don't know. I don't. And sometimes we get stuck. We get a bit frozen out. Um, but if Miriam, as a six, seven-year-old girl, was able to, I mean, of course, she probably was thinking about her mother, so it was natural to her. I think that some of the things, as, as grown-ups or, or, you know, um, young people, we might be worried too much about what others might be thinking, when really the simple answer, the first thing that crosses your mind is probably the, the best one, just like it happened with Miriam. And it might be just a smile. It might just be reaching out, say, hey, do you wanna grab a cup of coffee? Oh, I noticed that you're, you're not the same. You know, do you wanna talk about it? It might just be as simple as that. Um, and see what's gonna happen. Um, and the third thing, is actually help. And in verse eight, it just says, so the girl, Miriam, went and got the baby's mother. And it's quite self-explanatory, but like I said, sometimes it's, you know, you offer the help um, and then life happens. Yeah, let's get a cup of coffee. And then you forget to send the invite or you forget to book the date or you forget. So I would suggest that, you know, if we find those opportunities to help, if we offer, and they say yes, just try to do something right there. Do the next step right there. Book the coffee you know, date right there um, and, and see what will happen. Um, and really those three simple actions of keeping an eye on those we care about, um, taking that step of faith to offer help and actually doing it, 
will have an impact that will go above our expectations. Um, which is kind of how I summarize what can we learn from Miriam. I think acts of faith and care can have an impact beyond what we would ever imagine. And you know, um, and you can go to the next slide as well because it brings all of them together. Um, you know, Miriam is remembered today, a lot of it because of this story, because that's the first time kids will learn about her. You know, of course, as, as grown-ups, we then learned as a, she became a prophetess, and there's some things, she, she did some other things, you know, her life wasn't perfect. Um, but Miriam is remembered today, I think more than Aaron, I would say, because I, I measure that by kids, the kids' knowledge, <laughs> anyways. Um, but, you know, I think, I would like to think that you know, the memories I have of people that have big impact on me, and that might be the same for you, no? But those things that you remember are the things that those people probably didn't even think about. Like for me, it's like my grandparents visiting us. They didn't, we lived in Brazil, they're from Japan. They will take public transport, not speaking the language, just to come and visit us. It would take them an hour and a half to get to our house. And they will come because they care about us, they wanted to get in touch with my dad and my mom and see how things were going, or the kindness of a co-worker when I was having a bad day. Um, or it might be, you know, um, the generosity of a friend, the meals that I got when I was in university and, uh, you know, one of, the, one of uh, my mom's friend lived in the area, she would invite me to go over to her house. I mean, there are little actions that today I remember, and because of those actions, I either pay it forward or inspires me to do um, something for somebody else. Um, but then who knows? There are other things that are just as small that God can use to do even bigger things that we don't even think about. Um, so, where does that leave us, each one of us, today? I think, you know, regardless of your age, background, where you are in life, um, I think there's, you know, there's something here for us to learn. Um, and I would like you to, I would like to invite you to just reflect, you know, even if it's for the next five minutes, but Sunday is always a good day to reflect at our house and to see how things are going. Um, but, you know, try to think of all the people that you care about um, and, and there are in your life. And, and for me, it's difficult because a lot of the people I care about, they're not here. They're in another country. And I think there's something there that I can learn and probably you, you also can learn and share with me, please. It's like, how do we keep an eye on those that are far away? And what can we do about that? But I think, you know, more importantly, for those that are within our, I, I don't know, within our area, people that we can actually go and see, um, there's something there, I think that's even easier for us. But what, what are some of those? I started thinking about, and. I came, there's so many examples here. Everything that happened within a one-week period, either with people that I care about or people that I care about experience and then share it with me. So whether it's a school friend that's going through depression or, my, uh, or a colleague who is struggling in a project that you're working with together, or it's a, a parent or a grandparent who all of a sudden started to behave a little bit different than usual. Or it might be a child or a grandchild who's going through really difficult or challenging changes in their life. Uh, or it might be you know, a small group uh, friend who all of a sudden is starting to ask questions. They're a difficult to answer. What do you do in those moments? What can you do? Um, 
these are some, some of the examples that I think we all face on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, I think as we learned with all the children this summer, whether it's you know, the, the boy with the five loaves and two fish, nothing's too small for God to use to bless others. But also, you know, whether you're young or old, I, I'm thinking of Timothy and his grandmother, right, who ends of the spectrum, um, it's the same. And I think Miriam is the same. You know, um, and that for me is encouraging because as a longtime Christian, a lot of times like, well, how can I be like Jesus? Jesus was amazing, he was perfect, he was, you know. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. But if we look at the children that God has used in the Bible and even in our day-to-day, -day, our own children, our grandchildren, friends' children, there's such joy and there's so much that we can learn from them that I think Miriam's case for me is, surely you don't need to try too hard, right? If you're, if you're having a bad day and you're being overwhelmed, you can start with those you care about first. Then you can look at your neighbor. Then you can look at, you know. Uh, but if you want a starting point, start with those you care about because sometimes that's the hardest one to start with. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to share today. Um, and I really hope that, um, that you take that time to reflect. See what's out there, the, the people that you care about, um, that, have, you know, that God can use you, just with a simple action. Um, and take that action today. And may God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.